here we go. Yes, the John Curley, Sherry Elliger showing you coming along for the ride, and you're a big part of the show. Don't forget, you go to our Instagram page, and you know you'll see it there, John and Sherry Show. And on Instagram, and you're probably wondering, well, Sherry's really special, so I wonder how they spelled her name. Parents just looking down in the crib like, let's call her Sherry, but let's spell it S-H-A-R-I. That is your burden. Excuse me? Sharing. Sherry. S-H-A-R-I. Are we okay? (laughs) Sharing? Come on, Sherry. They're trying to tell people they go to the Instagram page and then they can click on over and they go... Then they can go over and they can see the, uh, they can click over and they can be a part of it. And they can tell everybody about the the amazing, which I don't have it on my rundown. David and if they hit the contact button, they can call in and leave a voicemail, right. remember? That's right. Yeah. yeah, in the top of the rundown. That'd be great oh, to that's have. That's right. You want me to play one for you? No, it's too late. Here we go. Moving on. Uh, the update. This is the tragic Horrible story comes out. About a million people were there to celebrate the Chiefs win, the Super Bowl parade. The people are lining the streets. They'd gotten there early in the morning to get a glimpse of their heroes parading through. And then um, there's a whole bunch of the sound that has now come out. Uh, we've got basically the update on it is I think 17 were injured. A number of them were children. Um, and, 22. Uh, 22 were shot. One's dead. And they think about nine children were shot. Uh but as they say in the news business, it's a very fluid situation. So it's all, they they're, they have three people in custody. They don't know if this was an act of domestic violence or if it was uh, an argument between two people or three people or however many were involved in the in the activity. I watched the video of two guys tackling one of the shooters, mm-hmm. kicking the gun away and holding him down when the police came. Um, this is video of an officer. Right the officer. Has oh, the is over here. Oh, he you filming this? Yeah. 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 Who was the other guy that helped me? Uh, I don't know. I think he took off already. It was, it was really compelling video because it's a big crowd of people and you see these two guys chasing the guy and bring him down from behind and then jump on top of him, push the gun away and hold him down. And then two other people jumped on top of him as well, held him down. Then the police came over and got him and moved everybody out of there. Um, So they say they have two suspects arrested. I don't know how many shooters there were, but um, just awful. A a million people there to enjoy themselves. And then shots ringing out. I saw that there were some live broadcasts that were going on, of course, and then they were like, I think something's going on, and the, the anchors couldn't figure out where it was and where the shots were coming from. So I wanted to see that Kansas City, by the way, set a homicide record last year, um, and they have been dealing with some serious crime. In, I think, a couple of months ago, Republicans passed a bill in the House there uh, and I don't know if it passed in the Senate. I was trying to see it or not. But it was basically taking away um, the 
attorney general or the prosecutor there that really wasn't charging anybody, letting people walk, um, assaults, attempted murders. Uh, they were being given, you know, not even parole. I mean, not even bail. They're just letting them go, go home. And the, they said something has to be done about this because crime is just out of control. Um, I, I think it passed. The governor would be able to step in and be involved, and there was going to be this sort of separate uh, prosecutor that would take the special cases, those that were more violent, that were previously being just sort of let go. Um, so I think they're trying to do something about it, but it's unfortunate because it's a great city. It's a really fun little town. And to have a million people there and then have these knuckleheads in there just firing off rounds randomly into the crowd. So, And it's um, such a sad end to this kind of fairy tale story. I mean, whether yeah. you buy it or not, but it still was kind of fun to watch. You know, the, the, the pop star and the football star, and he wins, and she's this incredible thing. And now it's got this horrifying footnote to it that this is the way it all ended. And, uh, you know, the, the couple of the commentators were saying today that in Missouri or I, I guess it's some, I don't know if it's Kansas City or, or the state of Missouri entirely, um, lots of people carry handguns. Mm-hmm. And that if you to get a concealed carry permit, you just have to be 18. It's the, the bar is very low to have to, to be able to do that. So they were concerned that with so many people that were there that probably had guns, how they would be able to track down the people, but they they have a few of them now in custody, and what their motive was remains to be seen. And, I'll uh, tell you the motive. The motive was it was probably a beef between uh, two guys, and <clears throat> most of the people that are law-abiding citizens that carry handguns are not out shooting and killing, um, and criminals don't obey laws, so it's it doesn't matter what you pass. It, it, the homicide there in Kansas City, I think, is a, they had 181 homicides. Um, that's a record for Kansas City. It was last year. They are now, Kansas City is at the fifth highest homicide rate, eight out of 100,000 deaths. St. Louis uh, is I'm, I'm probably top five as well. I know it's been number one. Yeah, recent, but yeah. actually, St. Louis is the... Now, Kansas City is fifth. St. Louis is 12th. Oh, really? So, so they've, they've yeah. gotten better. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, 18 to 34-year-olds, 66% of those that are killed, um, or two-thirds of the victims are black uh, between the ages of 18 and 34. Um, it's just, it's really awful. And it's one of these things all of a sudden, then, then do other cities decide not to have parades? I hope that's not the case. I, I hope the people can celebrate. You can have a million people celebrating something as wonderful as a victory in a Super Bowl and not have somebody try to make something political out of this. I'm sure we're going to – I know the White House has already said, well, we'll support you and we'll send everybody you need to be down there. I'm sure we're going to hear all sorts of news about gun control, gun control, gun control. Uh, it's crime control. It's criminal control. It's putting people that commit crimes, violent crimes, in jail. And in this case, um, the bill did pass. And I, I'm still trying to see if it if it made it through all the way that the governor would end up having special power over the House passes to allow the state to take over Missouri. The House bill aims to allow the governor to appoint a prosecutor to take over prosecuting violent crimes in uh, the city. Um, so. Jeez, just sad. Oh, that was in St. Louis, but as well as in Kansas City, there are other problems as well, trying to prevent other problems. So, 
Just tragic. Bunch, bunch of yeah. Knuckle they also heads. had they had eight hundred police officers there today. It doesn't, but it doesn't matter if you have eight hundred or eight thousand or whatever it is, because if you get somebody that has a beef with somebody and mm-hmm. both people pull out guns and start shooting at each other, then there's nothing to do about that. It doesn't really matter. Um, and then uh, this is this is strange, but I could kind of understand it. But it feels weird and eerie. But I I I can understand why somebody would want to do this. I don't think it's probably best when it comes to the grieving process that you have to go through the natural or healthy grieving process, right? The anger and resistance and all the there's a seven steps or something for grief, and then eventually acceptance. So AI has stepped in, and in this case. Parents of a half a dozen, um, uh, half a dozen victims of gun violence, are using artificial intelligence to recreate the voice of the children, and this is for calls to Congress urging them to make changes to gun laws. Um, this is after the sixth anniversary of the Parkland shooting. Here is that. Hello, I'm Joaquin. I was murdered at school by a shooter with an AR-15 assault rifle. My voice has been recreated using powerful AI technology, along with the voices of others who have lost their lives to gun violence. With our voices, we will call members of Congress confronting their inaction with the harrowing stories of how we were killed. We'll call again, and again, and again, until change is made because our stories need to be heard, and who better to tell them than us. But we can't do this alone. So we created the Shotline, a website where anyone can go and have our voices call their representatives. We need you to help send these calls so that we will be heard and we can demand change. Go to theshotline.org to find your representative and trigger a call they can't ignore. Together, we will all call for an end to gun violence. I think this would be okay. I think it's actually a, a fairly good idea to to have these voices if they weren't kids. I think that's the part that makes me a little bit upset about it because I just mm-hmm. think it's it's sad. I mean, I, these kids died. I, if it were adults or what, I don't know why it would matter. But for me, it was just to hear their little voices. Just ugh. Well, they, they wanted to make an impact. Right. Yeah, I mean, and and that is powerful, but it's only powerful one time when you get the call. So I don't know how they're managing this because it's going to be these if it's robocalls and they call the the congressperson or whatever over and over and over again, it loses its impact pretty fast. The if you really want to f- uh, fix that problem, first of all, it's not gun violence. Uh, Nicholas Cruz, the uh, murderer that went into the school the school knew he had problems the school knew of his previous run in previous run-ins with the law but didn't want to report those and didn't want to discipline him because it didn't want to affect their record of disciplining and they didn't want to draw attention to it they knew he had mental problems they knew other reports there's tons of red flags about this kid 
but they decided to kind of bury that stuff because they didn't want anybody. They didn't want the school to be looked upon on who they're kicking out, who they're making discipline, taking disciplinary action against. So they decided to just sort of keep it quiet. He was the ticking time bomb. And if you want to draw the lines back to who's responsible, yes, he pulled the trigger. But there were plenty of signs along the way that this kid not only should have been kicked out of that school, but the police should have been called and action should have been taken to investigate that kid and to find the guns and to be part of uh, within the Constitution and his constitutional rights for privacy. Somebody should have been aware of it, but they didn't want to say anything. You give you there's a fascinating story as they broke it all down of where the red flags were and how each one was ignored because politically the guy that was running that school board or in charge of that part of Florida who had come from the Obama administration had done this whole thing on you know it's we can't be kicking these kids out of school it's not right and you know we don't want anybody to know that we're doing this sort of stuff so they basically took that Nicholas Cruz kid and they allowed that ticking time bomb to eventually explode and take the lives of those kids in that school I think if it's, you look it's at not, any it's of not them, guns. It's not guns. What's that? I said if you look at any of the school shooters, I think you'll yeah. find that most of them had red flags. I mean, look at the one that just uh, the mother that just got convicted and all of the calls or cries for help that, that kid had. And she ignored them. And so I think that's all right. That's, that's uh, pretty typical that they've got these kids. Nobody's paying attention. Even the. Um, the very first one in Colorado, um, those Columbine. kids, yeah, Columbine, right. Those kids had b- bomb making stuff. They had all this stuff and nobody noticed or they mm. didn't want to know. Yeah. But to have AI, to use the kids of the voice, I guess the parents, for the parents, as horrible as that must be to have to hear your child's voice again. But that pain, that hole in that heart that will never, ever, ever heal to lose your child like that. They always say that it's in the English language, you, if you're, you're married and you lose your husband, you're a, a widow or a widower, right? Um, if you're a child, you lose your parents, you're an orphan. Well, they don't even have a word in the English language if you're a parent and you lose your child, right? So the, the lack of the word... And the lack of the healing probably is something that you carry with you forever. So maybe this becomes the cause um, for some of these parents and they will, you know, push the pain that they have of hearing their child's voice recreated by um, artificial intelligence and hoping that, you know, something comes of this. So calling on Congress to write more laws that will be ignored by criminals. You could write 10 million laws you could have them stretch from here around the world or from here up to the moon and come back again but if somebody wants to kill somebody if somebody's crazy enough and it's not access to guns because if you look at access to guns in the 50s or in the 60s prior to the death of robert kennedy when you could buy a gun through the mail from the back of a comic book they would ship you a rifle you could walk into any army navy store and for 15 bucks or 30 bucks your father standing next to you you could sign a little thing for 14 you're 14 years old you could get yourself a gun something is in our society is broken it's not the guns because access to guns was much easier in the 50s and 60s and then something is seriously broken seriously broken it's not the access that ain't the problem so you can pass as many laws as you want Try to get rid of the guns. Good luck taking them from law-abiding citizens. But a powerful use of AI there. In Florida. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, okay. 
lightening things up. Mm-hmm. Sherry's going to tell a compelling story about <laughs> working with somebody with body odor. <laughs> okay. I and it was your story. responsibility, apparently, to inspect this individual. Was it on a daily basis or a weekly basis, Sherry? Uh, I would say there was hold, hold one, back some, week, it, one, one week. week of it, yeah, and then I had okay. to check every day. All right, and that is, hold on, lady, no, 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 it is not a tease. Oh, that's a tease. No, don't, don't, oh. <laughs> Thank you, Sherry. And you can take that car of yours, that whip, Sherry, as the kids used to say, over to the Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers. They've got 16 locations. They'll take care of it. They've been around for 53 years. Just the men and women that wear the rubber gloves long before is fashionable at Bucky's Bucky's Auto Service Centers. Um, Joe just sent this to me. Uh, this definitely tune in jake's show is great in the evening right after our show at seven o'clock and um he wanted you everybody knows so dory's wife suzanne will be on and she's going to come on she's going to talk about the fact that um she started an event that said uh when women will um show the love and learn it's a hands-free class for cpr and AED classes. It's going to be Sunday, the 25th of February at Shoreline College. Um, Suzanne Monson, Dory Monson's widow, uh, beloved woman, will be on with Jake. Wow. This is what time is he going to have her on? He know? said at 730, I think, for part of it. And then at, at the nine o'clock hour, the full thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Learn more about it. The details we'll put up at MyNorthwest.com, but you can go to uh, ShorelineFire.com slash events to learn more about that. It's coming up on the 25th of February. So uh, Suzanne Monson uh, spearheading that. Good. She had to perform CPR on her husband on Dory, Blood Dory, for I don't know how long, but I can't imagine what that must have been like. Um, this Why this story came up? Because this was a big debate yesterday in the newsroom or something like that, and then Sherry jumped all over it. Um, <laughs> like stink oh, she was into it. stuff. Like, can oh, I? Can yeah. I, I'll set it up for you. Is that okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go okay, ahead. so go I, ahead. I come out of the mm-hmm. restroom. You know where Nate sits? He sits right next to me. And he Who's goes, "Hey, Nate? Nate, Nate, the traffic guy. You know that guy, Nate." So he says, "Yeah, hey, yeah, 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 did, yeah, yeah, yeah." Did you hear what happened? I said, "No, mm-hmm. what happened?" And oh. he says, "Mr. Uh, un- unnamed employee number one came out and complained to management that somebody." Had such bad bo. Oh, I know who it was. Are we allowed and to say? Conduit, and <laughs> I'm glad to do it. <laughs> that, they, <laughs> that this employee didn't feel like she had that that she should be forced to 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 work in the same room as this person. Wait a minute. Was it Nate? Why it's good old reliable <laughs> It was not Nate. Okay. Oh, there right. he, he's coming. He didn't even hear us talking. Okay. So so Nate overhears this. Employee uh, one complains to manager one that somebody in the room that they're working in has has BO that is so bad that they should not. I'm trying not to use pronouns here. <laughs> that uh-huh. they shouldn't be forced to have to sit in that room. Does that make sense? Uh, so uh, my mind is just spinning as to who it could be. <laughs> this is absolutely the worst day of Oh, my yeah. Maybe it's her. Oh, yeah. Oh, it wasn't, oh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't me. It was uh, Diane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Okay, wow. So all the cast of characters coming out. So that's what started it. And then 
of course, being the intrepid reporters and producers that we are, um, we um, Sherry then jumped in. Oh, make it all about herself. <laughs> Here we go. First off, no, uh, he asked if if we had any experience with the uh, former or whatever an employee you know that we mm-hmm. uh, could smell. And I said yeah. yes. When I worked on a when I worked on a wacky afternoon show. Um, okay, if you don't want me to tell that, is that nice? No, I'm listening. I'm just no. You're not. You're time. eating triscuits. You're eating triscuits. <laughs> Do I eat go triscuits? Ahead. No. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, go ahead. This intern had very bad body odor. And okay. they they made me for about a week because they were giving him hygiene tips um, what <laughs> oh to do, how to, how to you know clean your clothes, do whatever. And every day I had to do the status update of Ugh. if his underarms smelled oh. – um, as bad as the next day. So was he making progress or did I, did I smell it? And I felt so bad for the guy who Ugh. had to be humiliated beyond words, although he was happy to oh. get some airtime. Um, <laughs> I just lied. Yeah, he had it the whole week. It was disgusting. But oh. I just lied each, each day and said, no, you, that's pretty good. You smell good. Oh, my God. So he's an intern, and then the, they made a bit out of it where every day you had to smell him? Yeah. Ugh. I just wanted to say thank you for being on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I don't know who I feel worse for, you or the intern. Oh, I can take it. But, I mean, I, I felt terrible for him. <sighs> just it, it, so unnecessary. You know, sometimes it's just the thing of pe- either people don't care, don't know, or you some different country. You know. Yeah. There was. I used to work out at this CrossFit gym, and there was a sign. It said, uh, "Please be considerate of others. Remember your hygiene. We're all in this very small space, sweating profusely." And I remember the sign because the word "profusely" was spelled wrong. But aside from that, <laughs> I guess people were so confused by the spelling that they didn't pay much attention to it. And it was, wow, it was tough to um, to participate in. Um, some of the burpees because there was more than burpees going on in there and it was bad okay. news. Yeah. But you know, somebody in human resources, I would, I'd have Jake, I would have, that would probably be a Jacob job, right? What? Yeah. A Jacob, <laughs> your job would have to be, be going to tell the people because now that Jacob's in management, yeah. right? Aren't you in, uh, what are you, what's your title? What? Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, you'd have to figure all that out. So somebody has to bring that up with somebody, right? When I was at a traffic reporter, um, uh-huh. the manager came in. We called us all in and said, I am furious that I have to have this meeting with you. But I've gotten many complaints that in the morning, some people are having some gas problems. And oh. she said, so I would like it if you could please watch your food the night before or in that morning, yes, when you do mornings, it's you know three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Right. And um, of course, we all knew who she was talking about, but nobody wanted to point her out. And mm. um, <laughs> just horrible. were they were they silent or was she audible? <laughs> I oh, think they, <laughs> we're talking about this. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I think they were silent, but Ooh. they knew the culprit. Okay. But you're yeah, right. Good. Managers have to deal with that stuff. They have to. They have to, and they have to do it in a way that is not going to get them in trouble because it's such a delicate topic. 
Okay, yeah, can we change the fact that, that it's hold on? <laughs> what we have completely missed the fact that the creator of the Pop Tart has died. <laughs> oh, I know. I love yeah. Pop Tarts. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Except I love them. And I, I don't mind if they're heated up, but if you burn you know what's them, it's amazing the to me that you don't weigh 480 pounds because <laughs> I don't. Andrew has a list of every food that you enjoy, and very few come across your lips that you don't say something wonderful about. I love bacon cups. Here we go. Yeah, it's got the whole list of all the stuff from bacon bits and cupcakes, cupcakes. and pop tart. Yeah, love cupcakes. That's in there, right? Donuts. He's got the whole. I love donuts there so much. There we go. See. <laughs> and now, and now your love of pop tarts. People are like, does he ever eat any healthy food? So you no. must be mourning the loss of the man that invented pop tarts. The pastry with the freshly preserved fruit fillings from Kellogg's. Pop tarts, you can eat them hot or cold, eat them all the mode. The jam pack full of fine fruit fillings. Real fruit preserves in a tender, sweet crust. Six flavors, including brown sugar cinnamon. Great for snacks or toasted up. Crisp in the morning, pop tarts. Here's a fun fact. So Netflix <laughs> is producing something called Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart Story, and it's written, directed, and stars one of the most famous comedians out there. Wow, that's a tease. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. Thank you, Shark. <laughs> I still want to hear about your beef with the with the guy. Yeah, yeah. What's story? up with that? Uh, the Mitch Levy story. Yeah, yeah. The uh, heard it. Move the on. Un- <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, with the John Curlis, Sherry Ellinger show. Happy Valentine's Day, lovers. Lovers out there. All right, uh, I don't know if I told the story, Sherry, so I'm going to tell it again. If I told it again, I don't mean to chew my cabbage twice for those listeners that have heard it. Move on. No, I'm not. Sorry. Uh, You wanted to hear it. So uh, the Bastille Day race is a tradition in Washington, D.C. It's been going on for a long time, and they used to have celebrities do it, and they had waiters do it. When we did it, I think, as memory serves, um, they had like the radio guys, the TV guys, they were all there and they would, you know, fire off the gun. You'd run down. You had to carry a tray. It had a bottle of champagne. It had two flutes. So it was hard because, you know, it could fall over or whatever. They had to run down, touch. I think it was the gate of the White House or something. You had to touch some spot, turn around and come back. So I sent Joe some of the, the clip from one of the stories of the, oh, the best. It was WTOP covered it in Got 2008. It. Yeah, here it is. Let's just give Which you this little setup on it here. You can get a glass of water to your table the fastest. Yeah. 71 professional waiters and waitresses showed up, or shall we say showed out. Showed out. To compete in Washington's 34th annual Bastille Day races. Run, run, run. And the winner is Max Smith from Annandale, right. Virginia. Good guy. Really good. It feels really good. Yeah. I think uh, I think maybe the name calling will stop now. <laughs> yeah. The worst right. the worst nickname I've received, uh, Shirley. <laughs> uh, Shirley no more. Max coworkers <laughs> can now call him efficient. And just in yeah. case you were wondering, efficient. didn't get a tip, but he did win okay. a case of beer and some other fun prizes.
On Pennsylvania Avenue, I'm Marquette Smith, WTOP News. Okay. So, it's a traditional thing. They cover it every single year. I got I asked to participate in it. So, I got my thing ready to go. A bunch of us are all lined up. There's radio guys and TV guys, and here we go. Run down, touch thing, touch skate, turn around, come back. So, um, I lose. This guy that won is standing up on the, the big uh, platform there, and they're going to crown him the winner of the Bastille Day race for the, quote-unquote, celebrities. I don't know who he is, but I yell out, is that the guy? That guy cheated. I yelled that out from the crowd. You know, like, give us Barabbas. I hey, I cheated. And they stopped, what? And I said, that guy, he didn't touch the gate. He didn't touch the thing. He just, he turned around. He like, he didn't, he, 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 he cheated. And Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. What are you saying? I said, I'm saying he cheated. Rematch, they say. So they line the two of us up. The guy is Mitch Levy. I don't know who Mitch Levy is, but I'm just now I'm neck and neck with the guy. They're going to do a rematch at, at the start of the thing. He kind of shucks me a little bit off the line. I'm teetering a bit, a little bit. Um, keep the flutes on the tray with the champagne, go down and come back, win the thing, right? I don't even know the guy. I don't even care. I go, I get another job. I leave Washington, D.C. I come to Seattle. Who's just a couple of months behind me? But Mitch Levy <laughs> leaves Washington, comes to Seattle, and he's got this He's got this thing, Sherry, for me. He hated me ever since I called him out on the thing, but he didn't, you know, complete the race. And then every single week, he would just rip me. And people are like, why do you hate that guy on Evening Man? Let me tell you about that guy. That guy, blah, 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 blah. And like Wait, every week. he did this week. on the air? He did this oh. on the air? Oh, yeah. Oh. How did the station allow him to, like, berate another <laughs> journalist? <laughs> journalist? <laughs> Who? Don't you dare call me a journalist. What were some of the insults? Oh, a lot about Shir- Curly Gurley and that guy's, you know, <laughs> questioning my my masculinity. Just stupid stuff. But it was ongoing. I mean, I would have people call me, stop me in the street. Why does that guy hate you so much? I was like, what? Really? Still? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, people bring it up like, you know, they they entice him to just rip on you. Somebody texted in a a Seattle Times news clipping that had your feud prominently featured. I know. It's weird. Really weird. Did you ever call him? Did you ever call him and say what? Yeah, I called. He wouldn't talk to me. So I talked to Fish, his producer. I said, listen, let's have a rematch. We'll have another race. (laughs) We'll we'll have a boxing match. Well, let's just settle this thing. No, 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 no. And then one day we sent cameras to the station and <laughs> caught him as he was coming out, kind of Come a la, you know, sort of 60 minutes with the cameras rushing in there, you know. And, Is he still uh, in town? That's another story for another day. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah. There you go. All right. Good time. Thank you. There you go, Sherry. You okay? I like it. Yes. I like it.